No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Isaiah proclaims a woe against plunderers and a prayer for grace. God will rise to judge Jerusalem, but later it will be the land of the majestic king. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 33 on Simply the Bible. When wickedness is exalted, when powerful oppressors conquer the innocent, when truth is trampled underfoot, what are the righteous to do? They must trust in God and cry out to Him in faith, knowing that He will ultimately deliver. That theme runs throughout the book of Isaiah, and especially in chapter 33, where we see God's judgment against the treacherous Assyrians and his future exaltation of Jerusalem. Isaiah 33, Woe to you who plunder, though you have not been plundered, and you who deal treacherously, though they have not dealt treacherously with you. When you cease plundering, you will be plundered. When you make an end of dealing treacherously, they will deal treacherously with you. Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, had come to Jerusalem and demanded tribute from King Hezekiah, which he paid by taking money out of the treasury and even stripping gold from the doors of the temple. But after receiving the payment, Sennacherib broke the agreement he made and invaded Judah anyway. He was a treacherous thief and tyrant and seemed to be getting away with it. It is hard to watch the wicked prosper. The people of Jerusalem watched in horror as they saw the Assyrians destroying cities in Judah and defeating the Egyptians whom they had turned to for help. But God was still their defender and judge and he would bring retribution to the ruthless and arrogant Assyrians. God would do to them as they had done to others. David wrote in Psalm 18, With the pure you will show yourself pure, and with the devious you will show yourself shrewd, for you will save the humble people, but will bring down haughty looks. The Lord brings perfect retribution. We must wait for it, for He is patient, but He cannot be mocked, and whatever a person sows, He will reap. O Lord, be gracious to us. We have waited for you. Be their arm every morning, our salvation also in the time of trouble. At the noise of the tumult, the people shall flee. When you lift yourself up, the nations shall be scattered. And your plunder shall be gathered like the gathering of the caterpillar. As the running to and fro of locusts, he shall run upon them. While the leaders of Jerusalem had turned to the Egyptians for help, there was a faithful remnant in the city who cried to the Lord. It seems that even in the darkest of times, God has his faithful ones who refuse to bow the knee to the gods of the age. Their hope is not in the arm of flesh, but in the mighty hand of God. They based their appeal on God's grace. That is always a good place to start. Earlier, Isaiah had said, Therefore, the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you, and therefore he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. So they based their prayer on what God had said. This is always the key to effective prayer. 
The Lord had promised to bring justice to those who waited for him in faith, and now it was time for God to act and save them from their enemy. Now was the time for the Lord to plunder the plunderers. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. And the strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord, is his treasure. Now, after taking the cities in Judah, the Assyrians would come right up to the walls of Jerusalem before hearing a report that turned them away. And then God sent an angel to kill 185,000 of them. The Lord waited until the 11th hour. Why does he do that? So he alone receives the glory. The people of Jerusalem would never forget God's miraculous deliverance from the Assyrians. The account appears three times in Scripture, and Isaiah alludes to it many more times in his prophecies. God's people would know that he is the one who would repay their enemies. Do we know that as well? The wisdom and knowledge they had by trusting in God would be their stability and strength. So it is with any nation that truly trusts in the Lord. Likewise, wisdom and knowledge will be our strength, stability, and salvation in desperate times. Lastly, Isaiah says the fear of the Lord is his treasure. Scholars tell us that the his refers to the Lord. In other words, God treasures the fear of the Lord. He delights whenever he sees this in his people. But if God treasures the fear of the Lord, then shouldn't we as well? If we will make the fear of the Lord our treasure, then nothing can harm us. Verse 7, Surely their valiant ones shall cry outside. The ambassadors of peace shall weep bitterly. The highways lie waste. The traveling man ceases. He has broken the covenant. He has despised the cities. He regards no man. The earth mourns and languishes. Lebanon is shamed and shriveled. Sharon is like a wilderness. And Bashan and Carmel shake off their fruits. The ambassadors of peace that Hezekiah sent would weep bitterly because they failed in their efforts to appease King Sennacherib. When the Assyrians invaded, they destroyed the highways in Judah. Therefore, it was no longer safe to travel. Sennacherib broke his agreement with Hezekiah and in his bloodlust showed no regard for people. Now, Isaiah names the areas that would suffer under this Assyrian invasion. Lebanon, north of Israel, was known for its cedar forests. Sharon was a fertile coastal plain. Bashan was east of the Sea of Galilee and agriculturally productive. And Carmel was a thickly forested mountain range. All these areas would mourn and languish. Now I will rise, says the Lord. Now I will be exalted. Now I will lift myself up. You shall conceive chaff. You shall bring forth stubble. Your breath as fire shall devour you. And the people shall be like the burnings of lime, like thorns cut up. They shall be burned in the fire. Hear, you who are afar off, what I have done. And you who are near, acknowledge my might. So the Lord would rise and all man's efforts to plan, strategize, and conquer while leaving God out of their plans would prove to be nothing but chaff and stubble. The Assyrians 
had breathed out murderous and blasphemous threats, but now they would be consumed by their own breath. When God defeated the Assyrians, his name would be exalted both near and far. Verse 14, the sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness has seized the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly. He who despises the gain of oppressions who gestures with his hands, refusing bribes, who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. He will dwell on high. His place of defense will be the fortress of rocks. Bread will be given him. His water will be sure. So there were sinners, hypocrites in Zion, those who gave lip service to God, but whose hearts were far from him, and they would be afraid when they saw God's judgment against the Assyrians and would say, Who shall dwell with the devouring fire? We are told in Hebrews that God is a consuming fire, but who can dwell with him? Well, he who dwells righteously and speaks uprightly, he who despises gain by extortion, the one who refuses bribes, the one who stops his ears from murderous plots and who shuts his eyes from looking on evil. You see, the consuming fire of God will destroy his adversaries, but for his children, it will refine them. And those who trust in him and do the right thing have nothing to fear. They will dwell on high as in a rock fortress and they will have sufficient bread and water. Now, Isaiah springboards from this defeat of the Assyrians into the future when God will defeat all of the nations that are gathered against Israel. Then he will establish his kingdom. Verse 17, your eyes will see the king in his beauty. They will see the land that is very far off. Your heart will meditate on terror. Where is the scribe? Where is he who weighs? Where is he who counts the towers? You will not see a fierce people, a people of obscure speech beyond perception of a stammering tongue that you cannot understand. So in that day, they will see the king in his beauty, Jesus Christ. And they will look back to this time of terror and say, where are those who counted up all of the plunder that was taken from us? No longer will they see those fierce people of a foreign language. Verse 20, look upon Zion, the city of our appointed feasts. Your eyes will see Jerusalem, a quiet home, a tabernacle that will not be taken down. Not one of its stakes will ever be removed, nor will any of its cords be broken. But there the majestic Lord will be for us a place of broad rivers and streams in which no galley with oars will sail nor majestic ships pass by. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. Your tackle is loosed. They could not strengthen their mast. They could not spread the sail. Then the prey of great plunder is divided. The lame take the prey. And so in that day, Zion will be a quiet home. The tabernacle of the Lord will be permanent. And the majestic Lord, Jesus Christ, will will be there. 
We are told in Zechariah chapter 14 that when Christ returns at the second coming, he will set his feet on the Mount of Olives and it will split in two. And from this, a valley will form and a subterranean river will flow from Jerusalem to the Mediterranean and Dead Seas. Then there will be no enemy ship that sails there. And God will establish his government. He will be the judge, the lawgiver, and king. It's interesting that that verse was used by our founding fathers to form the three branches of government. But then the government will be upon Christ's shoulders. The enemy's sails hang loose on broken mass. The enemy treasure will be divided by the people of God, and even the lame will take their share. And the inhabitant will not say, I am sick. The people who dwell in it will be forgiven their iniquity. And so when the Lord returns, he will restore the nation of Israel. He will forgive all of their iniquities and heal all of their diseases. Now, we may not understand what all is going on in the world, especially when the wicked seem to prosper. But those who trust in the Lord and wait for his justice can rest assured that he will be their defense and their deliverer in his time. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Tomorrow we will see where Isaiah pronounces God's future judgment on the nations. It will be a day of vengeance and recompense, making the land perpetually barren. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible.